Episode 827. We wrapped up the defense and now it's time for the offense. Our position-by-position preview series continues on the other side of the football, focusing on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers quarterbacks. Our guest is independent writer Alicia Tversky. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest-tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're talking Packers quarterbacks. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the show. We talk to Alicia Tversky, an independent writer and Packers fan, who recently gained some attention for a tweet of his that went viral we'll learn more now in our expert interview baltar find me another expert one that likes me this time okay joining us now on railbird central we're talking to alicia twersky uh he's etw phone home on twitter which by the way that's a nice little play on words there i appreciate that alicia how are you i'm good thank you so much for having me uh, to start things off here, Alicia's a Wisconsin transplant living in New York. Can, can you tell us what it was like to be cited by Pro Football Talk, the Wisconsin State Journal, among other outlets, for just a tweet you had this past week? Uh, it was a little surreal. I, uh, I was in the middle of doing research for a uh, Brady versus Rogers article that I'm writing, and I kind of stumbled upon the stat, and uh, I kind of had to, like, double and triple check it just to make sure it was real because I, I really just couldn't believe it. And then after I tweeted it, it um, the Jason Wilde uh, first alerted me that a, a pro football talk had, had quoted my, my uh, tweet, and he's someone I really respect and uh, I've, whose career I followed, so that was really surreal. And then uh, someone on Twitter alerted me to the CBS article, and then both Jason Wilde and Packer Wire Zach Cruz wrote great articles expanding on the stat, um, and including the fact that Rodgers is pretty likely to throw his 400th touchdown before his 100th pick, which is absolutely insane. Well, well let's think... go, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry for no, interrupting you. I just think it's another stat that shows that shows how much uh, we should we should. Um, we should appreciate Rodgers while we have him because it's he's absolutely on another level. Yeah. Now, let, let's talk about the tweet that got you so much recognition. First of all, what was the statistic you threw out, and, and how remarkable is the statistic? And, and we can follow that up with, like, do you think this is a record that can be broken? Okay, so the stat was that Rodgers needs three touchdowns to become the 11th player to throw 300. And the other 10 players averaged 171 interceptions before their 300th touchdown. Rodgers has just 72, which is, it's just ridiculous. I mean, the next closest to him is Brady, who had 115 at the time. And after that, you got to go all the way to Peyton Manning at 142, which is almost double of what Rodgers has. So it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. 
<laughs> it is pretty remarkable. Uh, can can you tell me more about the, or at least tease us with uh, the upcoming article on Brady and Rogers and where this is going to be published? So originally, um, it was going to be a full Brady versus Rogers article. Who is the better quarterback? But that was it's a little hard to judge especially given that Rodgers still has seven or eight seasons left to go and Brady is already 40 years old so I decided to focus it to focus it more on their postseason success or Rodgers lack of and why that shouldn't define um, their careers um, I don't know where it's going to be published yet but uh, if you follow me on Twitter I'll tweet out a link to it should be published this week so I'll tweet out a link some point this week to the article sounds good look forward to it um okay you kind of mentioned you know one of the bad things about Aaron Rodgers is kind of relative lack of playoff success I, I want to bring up something else because there's there's always so many good things to talk about with Aaron Rodgers we saw the bad side of him in kind of the second half of 2015 and it lingered into the first half of 22nd 2016 you know Alicia what what are the odds that happens again. I think everybody wants to say it's not going to, but is it possible? I'd say it's possible, but I think the odds are very low. I think um, what you saw from Ted Thompson in the offseason showed that uh, the Packers um, are learning from what happened last year. Um, A couple of the problems that happened last year, first of all, McCarthy right away tried to get the Packers back to the 2011 form where their offense was insane. The only problem was they had their best receiver was still returning to form from an ACL injury, and they just weren't ready to be that offense. And you also have the issue of um, this Packers offense needs an athletic tight end who can stretch the middle of the field and win one-on-one. And when Jared Cook was out, they were in that offense. He was, he, they, the numbers with him and without him were astronomical. In fact, Rogers' quarterback rating um, in his career with Finley and Cook on the field is 14 points higher than, than without them on the field. Which, and, his, uh, and his touchdown to interception ratio is 6.3 to 1 with those guys on the field versus 3 to 1 with them off the field. And I think that's why Thompson went out and signed two guys who can stretch the middle of the field, including Martellus Bennett, who is by far the best tight end Rodgers that would ever have been played with, or would ever have, sorry, would ever have played with. And um, I think that's why he did it, because he didn't want to be put in that situation where if one of them goes down, the offense starts to struggle again. Yeah, you're saying, citing some statistics here that are just fantastic. That's great. Um, another Rogers topic here uh, that I think is kind of pertinent heading into the 2017 season. There, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty at the running back position with Ty Montgomery coming off his first full off season as a running back and just rookies backing him up. So, Alicia, can the Packers rely on Rodgers to carry the load if need be, if these guys, you know, just take some time to get up to speed or, or, you know, maybe they just, you know, the rookies aren't all that good. I, I hope they are, but, you know, there's a chance they're not. So I might be in the minority on this, but I don't think there's as much uncertainty at running back as the uh, national media seems to be making it out to be. 
because um, Montgomery's 5.9 yards per carry would have led the league last year. And according to Pro Football Focus, Montgomery ranked first in elusive rating by a far margin, and he also led the, the league in yards, in yards after contact. And to top it all off, he added 10 pounds of muscle, so he should be able to handle a, uh, a full workload at running back. So he's, uh, I think he's better than the media makes him seem to be, only because they, I think they, they make it seem like that because he was converted from wide receiver. So, if, I mean, if he was drafted at running back, we'd be looking at him, and including myself, we'd be looking at him in a totally different light. But, and they also did add three running backs with totally different skill sets. So um, I do think that they have a lot of talent at the, at the position, but that being said, if it happens that the running back position doesn't produce, I think the Packers can rely on Rodgers carrying the load. I don't think they should, but I think they can. <laughs> he, I mean, he has done it before. Fair enough, fair enough. I hope you're right. We're talking to Alicia Tversky here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Alicia, uh, if we talk about the backup situation here, how confident are you in Brett Hundley at this point in his development, now in his third year? I'm very confident, probably more confident than most people. Um, the way I looked at Hunley coming out of uh, UCLA was that he's a guy with the talent to be number one overall pick and the polish of an undrafted player. I mean, he had all the talent in the world, but he had no pocket awareness. He saw ghosts in the pocket. He was very inaccurate, and his fundamentals were completely off. But that's not the same only we saw in the 2015 preseason. I mean, he in, in, the, in that preseason, he looked confident. He looked comfortable to pocket. His footwork was much better, and he completed almost 70% of his passes. And uh, Pete, uh, I think it's Pete Daugherty from, uh, from Packers News, had, a, had an article about how much preseason snaps Rodgers should get. And in that article, he mentions that Hundley has challenged a couple of Rodgers' training records in, in McCarthy's quarterback school, which is, which is very impressive because no other quarterback has even come close. So I do think that if Rodgers were to be out for a few weeks, uh, knock on wood, uh, Hundley would definitely be able to step in and keep the Packers afloat. Again, I, I hope you're right on that case too. Um, what do you What do you think is this Hundley's last season in a Packers uniform, and, and what do you think happens to him? Uh, Ted Thompson, as we all know, is very, very unpredictable. But I do think that this is Hundley's last season with the Packers. Um, I mean, if he has a preseason like he did in 2016. Uh, his value should be similar to what uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's value was with New England, what they could have gotten, and that's probably a first-round pick. So I honestly would be mildly surprised if uh, Hundley was still in the Packers after the trade deadline, and I'd be very surprised if he was still with the Packers after next year's draft. There were rumors that they came very close to trading him in this year's draft on day two. I think it's a good thing they didn't, because if he plays well in this offseason, they, they might be able to trade him um, on day one. Um, there are plenty of teams out there who need quarterbacks. I mean, the 49ers, the, the obvious ones, like the 49ers, the Jets, and the Browns, they, they could use a quarterback, and they have the ammo to get one. I also think a team like Arizona with Bruce Arians would be a great fit for Hundley, and they, have, they also have ammo to, to go get him. So I, I don't think he's going to be in a Packers uniform much longer. You, you really think it's possible they could trade him before the midseason and before the trade deadline? 
Yeah, I do. Um, it's it's very uncharacteristic of Ted Thompson, but this isn't the uh, this isn't a situation that comes up often. It's it's a guy who won't be with the Packers in two years from now after he's a free agent, and this is the time to trade him. They can get value for him that they could get crazy value for him. I think it would be a huge wasted opportunity not to trade him. Fair enough. That that's a that's a hot take, but one I don't necessarily disagree with. I I got to stew on that one for a little bit while. Uh, but the guy who would potentially replace him here, Joe Callahan. You know, he seemed to exceed expectations in training camp last year, but you know, since that time, he had been cut by two other teams, including the quarterback needy Cleveland Browns. What does that say about him? Well, first of all, if we know one thing about the Browns is that they're not exactly the best evaluators of talent that the NFL has to offer. So, <laughs> so someone being cut by the Browns doesn't necessarily mean that they're not a good player. Second, I do, see, I do see some similarities between him and Matt Flynn in that they're both not the most athletic guys. They don't have a strong arm. And they might not necessarily be a great fit for most systems in the NFL, but they happen to be, for some reason or another, a good fit for Green Bay system. And right now, as a backup quarterback, that's what we need. So I'm not very worried about him. I think, I think he's a good fit for our system. Good, good. Uh, finally, then, uh, the, the fourth quarterback on the roster, and we don't have to spend 10 minutes talking about him, but I think a little bit is, will suffice. Is there any chance for Taysom Hill to impress and stick around with the Packers? Yeah, I definitely think there's a chance. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was viewed as a possible Heisman candidate before uh, his career was derailed by injuries. I mean, he suffered four season-ending injuries in his college career, which is nuts. But he's a guy who passes the eye test. He has size, athleticism, and arm strength to stick around. It's pretty much for him, it's just a matter of staying healthy. Um, if Humley does get traded, there's a good chance that he's the third quarterback for the Packers. Yeah, that, that's a fair assessment. Alicia, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us uh, today. Greatly appreciate it. We're going to send our uh, listeners to follow you on Twitter, ETW Phone Home, and uh, we're looking forward to that article. All right, thank you so much, Brian. Once again, thank you to Alicia Torsky for joining us here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment, if you're a Packers fan that scours the internet searching for news on the team, you might come across an article about Aaron Rodgers today. There's one at NFL.com where it was originally published, another at Pro Football Talk taking off on that, and probably more commentary to follow if some other blogs and stuff, uh, you know, decide to... Uh, provide their own uh, take on it. Aaron Rodgers talked to Alex Flanagan of the NFL Network on Tuesday while at the Gatorade Player of the Year Awards. Uh, and appropriate here that we're talking about Aaron Rodgers during our quarterback preview episode. The headline for each of the articles that I've seen so far on the internet, something to the effect of, quote, Aaron Rodgers, I'm starting the back nine of my career, end quote. These are the headlines. 
And that made for a nice little quote, you know, coming directly from the mouth of Aaron Rodgers. It's a golf metaphor for where he's at in his football career in that he's just, you know, just past the halfway point or so he thinks. Um, But really, uh, you know, these articles, I think, buried the lead. Located within the article is a quote from Rodgers that talked about the team's success or lack of success, or however you want to put that into perspective, the past couple years. And I just want to read just a few sentences here from what Rodgers had to say in this interview on Tuesday. He says, quote, Well, we got to start faster. We didn't start fast last year. We lost four in a row in the middle there. We're a tough team to beat late in the season, as we've shown the last couple years, but we're really tough to beat at home, especially the last three, four, five years. We've got to get those home playoff games again. I feel like if we get that number one, number two seed and it's coming through Green Bay in the playoffs, it makes it really tough on other teams, end quote. And I thought this was a really interesting quote from Rodgers and one that may become a theme here throughout the rest of the offseason, through training camp, into the start of the season. And, you know, it's it's kind of one that started already. I know there was an article written by Pete Doherty, or a column written by Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, right at the end of minicamp, I think it was, so mid to late June, that kind of was on a very similar topic to this. And, and, and talking about how the Packers, you know, have have lost in the playoffs you know they've of course we know they've gone to the nfc championship game two out of the last three years and you try to you know find some common themes and what's going wrong and why can't the packers get back to the super bowl they they haven't won it haven't even played in it since they won it in during the 2010 season and why is that and and what can they do better And, and you know because they've they've gotten you know to the the doorstep you know as we said two out of the past three years to the NFC Championship game but have lost so they it's not like they've done poorly but what can they do to push them over the edge and and we've seen over the past few years they they've started slow and and it kind of has differed a little bit you know some years you know i think it was you know a few years ago they they started one and two each of the past few years and then like last year they 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 got off to a decent start but then they had a little bit of a losing streak in the kind of the middle of the year that required them to you know win those six straight to end the season and so you know i don't know if it's so much that they need the the fast start at the beginning of the year. It's just that the Packers, as as Rodgers has acknowledged here, have to do better pretty much throughout in order to get that number one or number two seed in the playoffs. You know, and 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 that's so important because if you're getting the number one and number two seed, a you're getting a buy through the wild card round that you don't even have to play in. B, you get the home game at Lambeau Field in the divisional round, and C, it's possible if you're the definitely if you're the number one seed, but even if you're number two and the number one seed is upset, that you can host the NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field, and, and how much of a you know uh, 
a, a bonus is it, you know, an advantage to that. And, and the Packers haven't, they haven't had an NFC championship game at Lambeau Field in a long, long time. I believe the last time they did have the championship game at Lambeau was way back in 2008, whatever year that was. They've had home playoff games, you know, just last year having the um, divisional round game um, or the, um, pardon me, the the wild card round game. They've they've had several wild card round games over the year, the occasional division round game, but they've so rarely had the NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field, and, and you need to be good throughout the year yeah you gotta start fast but basically to to get that number one number two seed you gotta play good throughout that means you can't lose six games over the course of an nfl season you can't you can you can make the playoffs when you lose six games the packers did it in 2010 it's just that much harder to do it when you're going on the road all the time, it's not to say that you can't do it. The Packers won the entire NFL Super Bowl going entirely on the road in the 2010 season. It can be done. But is it easy? Absolutely not. Yet more times than not, as we've seen post-2010, they're not going to do it if you've got to go on the road that many times, uh, more often than not. So that's what the Packers really got to do. I, I really do think you, we're going to see a greater emphasis here because this over the years, this has been a good team, a, a consistent playoff team. What, what's what's the streak now? Eight consecutive you know playoff appearances tied for the longest streak in the NFL, along with the New England Patriots. These are all really good things. But if you want to be pushed over the edge, it is that much easier to get back to the promised land, to get back to winning Super Bowls when you have that home field advantage and you, there's just so much less you got to worry about if you're, if you're A, getting the bye and not even having to worry about having to lose that first week and B, you know, the home field advantage, you can rest uh, you know, and get ready for that week two, round two of the playoff games. Uh, you you don't have to worry about travel and, and body clocks and and all those sort of things. And you're within the the environment you're familiar with. It, it just helps you so much. And so, yeah, the Packers. Yes, they have to start fast, but they have to you know lose. You know what what you know two, two three, four times a season if you want to be that number one seed (laughs) it's difficult but i i really do think uh that this could become a common theme of the offseason as i've said and and brought to light here by aaron Rodgers in this interview and uh i really thought that was notable and and you know uh appropriate here on our quarterbacks preview episode but that leads us into what's coming next what the hell's going on out here I played the wrong audio clip here. The day ahead. There we go. Uh, There's a couple Packers-related events on Wednesday that I can remind you about. The ESPYs are on Wednesday evening, and while you can debate the merits and the value of winning an ESPY award, still 
you're very likely to see a couple of Packers. Re- remember when I just told you earlier that Rodgers was at the Gatorade Player of the Year Awards on Tuesday, and that's where that whole article came from? Well, those players who won the Gatorade Player of the Year Awards in their respective sports, they appear at the ESPYs on Wednesday, meaning Rodgers is already in the Los Angeles area and very likely to be in the audience. You know, sometimes with these uh, award shows and things like that, you don't really, it's not publicized. Are they going to actually be in the building when, when the awards are announced? You know, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they like, if they win award, they always play this little pre-recorded interview. Anyway, it appears as if all indications are that Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the audience at the ESPYs. And after all, he's nominated in two categories. Rodgers is up for the Best NFL Player Award, and he'll be fighting against some other pretty darn good players in the NFL. Uh, I know the other candidates are uh, Tom Brady of the Patriots, Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons, Ezekiel Elliott of the Cowboys, and uh, Khalil Mack of the Oakland Raiders. Uh, So there's that. Rodgers is also part of the nomination for best play for his completion to Jared Cook in the Packers' playoff win over the Cowboys in the divisional round. Um, and that set up the game-winning field goal, and, and the Packers had to come back. And, and yeah, what an exciting play that was. And so he's nominated for that. And then finally, another Packer, Jordy Nelson, is a candidate for the Best Comeback Player Award. So there's a chance, and you'll see some Packers on uh, ESPN on Wednesday evening. The show itself airs live at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time. I believe you can also vote for the winners of these these awards right up until the show starts. So if you want to do that, you'd probably have to head to ESPN.com. So there you go. A couple Packers-related angles there. And then uh, also on Wednesday... The NFL's supplemental draft takes place. And even though the supplemental draft is barely a blip on the radar screen most years, it's especially so this year. In fact, this may be even the first time you've heard about it. There's only two players eligible this year, neither of which comes from an FBS football program. So yeah, these guys are really off the radar. So... For what it's worth, here's the two players that are eligible to be drafted this year. Not to say that they will be, that they're eligible to be drafted. They are Georgia military defensive lineman Tavares Bingham and Western New Mexico running back Marcus Rogers, spelled just like Aaron Rogers, his last name. (laughs) But that might be the closest connection we get here. Um, they are two guys who appear to have had academic issues. Um, and, and that's always the sticking point with the supplemental draft. A lot of the time is, you know, these, these guys who are eligible for the supplemental draft always have some sort of issues. A lot of the time it happens to be academic ones, 
but they are eligible for the NFL draft, so they're going to go to the NFL, or going to try at least, and it's very difficult to see, you know, the Packers uh, or any other NFL team investing a draft choice into these guys, you know, if if you don't know how it works, uh, the basically you draft them and then you give up the corresponding you know pick in in whatever round you take them in in the following NFL draft. So the 2018, if the Packers were to pack hypothetically were to spend a seventh round supplemental pick, they'd have to give up their seventh rounder in the 2018 NFL draft. I can't see the Packers doing it for these guys who have academic question marks. Not to mention, you know, one of the players, you know, eligible is a running back, and the Packers have already signed five rookie running backs to their roster. It's very difficult to see them adding a sixth rookie running back. Of course, obviously, they could cut one and make room. Uh, I just don't see that happening, uh, at least not right off the bat. Uh, I suppose the defensive lineman makes perhaps a little bit more sense, seeing as, you know, the recent news with Latroy Guyon and he's in some legal troubles and he's suspended. I still find it hard to believe the Packers would invest a draft choice into a player like this. If anything, they could sign one of these guys after the supplemental draft ended if they really wanted to take a flyer on someone. And even then, I'm not sure you know, how much, uh, how good these guys are. I've honestly never seen them play. I doubt very few people have. Um, but there you go. It, it is taking place on Wednesday. Uh, just in case it happens, uh, the supplemental draft takes place Wednesday. So there you go. That'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us today. Thank you to Alicia Torsky for being our guest on the show. I already got our next guest lined up for Friday's episode. Uh, Scott McKenna of the Talkin' Smack blog will make his monthly appearance on the show the second Friday of every month, as he typically does. We're going to talk about training camp storylines uh, as we get ready for training camp coming up here in just a few short weeks. So excited for that. Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you later, folks, just two days from now on our next episode. I leave you today with a song called Break, Build, Burn by Lotus on Psy Fidelity Records. See you later, everyone. Go Pack Go.